Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome everyone to the first of our preseason previews for season 2022. It's JT here for the SC Report. I've got my fellow contributor Lakey on the line as well. How are you, champion? I'm good, possum. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. We're, uh, what, 20 odd days away from uh, the first round of NRL. It's been a bit of a long off-season. You and I were just talking before. You're now somehow into NBL uh, or WNBL or European women's handball. Um, I'm assuming not gambling. gambling related and you just love a sport. That's right. No, that's it. I'm just there to make sure there's no funny business going on. Um, making sure that, uh, I don't know, Real Madrid or some shit is on track for yet another European handball title. Sounds great. Hope it's very profitable. Um, not to, yeah, I don't know how we, we really intro this guy because I think he's done everything uh, there is to do in the, the game of Supercoach and that's win it. Um, you've all heard his voice before. He was a regular on this one for, for quite a while. He's now got his own brilliant pod, the SC Champions podcast. Wilfred, Catfish, how are you, buddy? Welcome. Welcome to season 2022. It's good to be back, guys. Uh, you know, I've always got a soft spot for the NRL Supercoach Talk site, the the podcast, everything. I don't think I ever got to the point of being regular, so not that lucky, but uh, I was able to come on a few times, and yeah, it's always good to come on and have a chat to you guys. Man, what are you doing in the office? We're regular. Oh. You don't want to be regular. That's- <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> the standards have diminished a little bit since maybe you were uh, more regular than you are these days. But but nonetheless, speaking of uh, of high standards, hey, what have uh, what have you been working on in the off season? Oh, look, I think uh, a large chunk of the off off season was about doing the, the research and the prep for the Mega Guide, right? I'm sure you guys know what that was like. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears uh, went into that. Obviously, you know, for, for the Supercoach Champions podcast, we were kind of recording on and off for, uh, as well, trying to keep up and not fall too far behind. Normally, I take a break, but, yeah, this year we tried it out a, bit, a little bit different. So, yeah, I'm really feeling that super long off-season uh, feeling that you've, you, got, you, you both mentioned before. It has been a very, very long off-season. I don't know about you, but for me, before we started writing the Mega Guide, I had completely switched off. I just the NRL season was over. Cowboys had another terrible year. Uh, no surprises there. But basically went radio silent on the whole NRL front. Um, I mean, there was a, there's a fair bit going on in NRL land. But I don't know about you. Were you checking injury reports? What were you doing to keep abreast? Or were you literally just uh, tools down? Yeah, look, probably not that extreme. Uh, I think it was just more, well, all right, so this player's signed. I probably should pay attention to that. You know, that's probably going to be relevant for when I do some mega guide writing, just trying to keep up so it wasn't when I finally, you know, got writing. I wasn't just starting from absolute scratch. So, yeah, I mean, some of it was just talking trash about the Dolphins, you know, the Dolphins who don't <laughs> the seem to have any dolphins. location. 
Yeah. I mean, but no, it's a good time. Good time. <laughs> I did the same thing. I couldn't believe they didn't name their side, but then I was writing the guide and the Warriors. It's exactly the same thing. No one said boo about them. I mean, aren't they technically the Vodafone Warriors? Like, <laughs> is that worse? I don't know. I guess Vodafone, Vodafone has had pretty dodgy coverage. Lakey, we've talked about the Mega Guy. You and I had a bit of a chat a couple of weeks ago as we were writing it. It's been the first podcast since we've launched it. Do you want to give it a bit of a wrap, a bit of a rundown? What is it? Where can people find it? And why are we so high on it? We are so high on it because it, uh, it, it it's something we're really passionate about here at SC Talk. We put a lot of time and effort into it, as the boys have said before. It's... Um, what did we end up on? It's almost 160 pages, um, the document this year. All 514 players have been looked at and analysed about how they're going to fit into the super coach world and are they good, are they bad, are they indifferent? Maybe they're just a development player. You, this is why their name's in the system. So it, it, you ever going through and you're looking for those nuffs and stuff like that, we've still got a bit of you know numbers and, and words on those guys to let you know exactly who they are. Who's the next Jared Anderson, I believe you're going to let us know a little bit later, Wilf. Um, but it's 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 so in-depth. I mean, you know, we're tooting our own horn and everything here, but as I've said before, it's something I bought every year before I was involved in it because it just gives you a huge leg up knowing, um, getting some, some answers from some outside opinions or from other guys, their views and, and whatever else. And it really helps you form some thoughts about who you should be taking into the season. There's 512 players. So, I mean, we've got a lot to cover. Uh, we couldn't do it without yeah, all four of us, Stasi included there and splitting up the teams and, and all of that. But it's just such a, a mammoth effort. You're trying to find a squad for round one. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm in the habit now, unfortunately, of looking at Supercoach almost every day and tinkering with the side and everything like that. And I'll scroll through the list and I'll see a player. And one of them the other day was Joe Tarpanet. And um, this was prior to, I think, Will finalizing his write-up. So I was just, the first thing I was going to do is turn to the Mega Guide and see what you guys have written about, about him and what I can expect and all of that. So it's just an easy thing. Like you, you see a name... One of those mid-range type guys you spoke about before, and you go, you know, I, I I can fit him in, but is it really worth it? Check the mega guide. We rate them A to E, going to as you said, quite a lot of depth. So, and it's not just you and I. We've got Wilfred, the champ. That's right. <laughs> the, the some write-ups right. are much better than others, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and he he looks, he reviews everyone's in detail. Remember the final uh, run through that he did? I'd gone through. And I'm an auditor by trade, so I should have an intention to detail that I clearly don't have. And I reckon I picked up like, a, I don't know, a couple of spelling errors. Wilfred went through line by line and I don't know, picked up like 200 things. <laughs> yeah, so I say, have- just a, a, a small story. We got, um, when we got all the boys to finish writing and they all sent their stuff through and we passed it around and everyone sort of reviewed each other's work. Um, I put the main document together and sent it back out and said, guys, have another once over, let me know if any issues, anything at all. We need to know every – we're going to make this perfect. Juzzy came back with uh, email and Stilesy came back with an email and said, you know, great job, boys. Wilfred came back with five emails, <laughs> all of you, know, long novel lengths, seven, eight points each. Sorry for being <laughs> nitpicky about this, but I found this and there's this. And then that was going through to, what, 11.30 at night. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, go to bed, man. I want to go to sleep too. Yeah, look, I, I 
I, so some of you know, I, I used to be a lawyer and I've actually stopped because now I, I moved into mediations and like for some reason I just kicked into my lawyer gear. Like that was where I'm used to pouring through documents with a fine tooth comb. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, JT, as an auditor, you're used to numbers more. So I'm used to reading words. I think that's probably why I was picking up a lot of that stuff. And yeah, I, you know, I'm sorry. I know nah, you had to save away late at night. It's uh, so, fine. So I, got to, I got to bed around two, two thirty that night. It was fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, so an early night then. An early one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, it's all for the people. In the end, uh, it's out there now. Follow the link. We'll put it in the podcast description here. Otherwise, go oh, to our website. You can NRL. follow it on the. Find it on the website. There's a, a post up on the website. You can yep. access that through our Twitter or Facebook pages, um, and that'll take you to a um, uh, to payloads, which is where you can. Um, use PayPal to pay for it and get a download link sent directly to you to, to access the document. If you're having trouble at all, um, contact me. My email's in on payloads. My email's in the um, uh, post on, on Supercoach Talk and I can help you through it. Slide into Lakey's DMs, I think, is the uh, the term the kids use mm-hmm. these days. So there you go. Mm-hmm. All righty. So that's the mega guide. We've got Wilf on here. We're going to have you on a separate podcast, Lakey. We'll have Stasi as well when he's back from Roma. But we've got Wilf on here to talk about his four sides in general uh, that he's written up. So he's written the Broncos, surprise, surprise, uh, Raiders, Storm, and Roosters. So I think last year we were saying we gave him a few scrub sides. But um, this year there's plenty of super coach to talk about in amongst those sides, some of the uh, the better ones for this season. So a fair bit to get through on this pod. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the trials uh, coming up this weekend. So the first real round, I think the Broncos played some, I don't know, reserve grade side last week and towed them up and, you know, you're all crying about premierships. So, but the real stuff starts this weekend. <laughs> we'll chat about that. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to Wilf about uh, a bit about uh, what he's got or what he's looking for out of these trials because I'm sure he's got the notebook notepad ready and raring to go. Uh, so before we get into the mega guide stuff, we will talk a little bit about trials here. So the teams have been dropped. There's about oh, seven or eight that haven't actually named their squads as of the time we go into air. So what's that Wednesday night? Get your, uh, get your game on. The Roosters, Tigers, Manly, Titans, Sharks, Dragons, Knights, and Panthers yet to name their squads per NRL.com. Uh, Lakey, call your boy, Barry Tui up. What, what are the Knights doing? Slow, He'll slow tell me down straight already. away, mate. He'll tell us 1 through 17 or 25 or whatever they want to name this week. Barry's just on that on the pulse. It's uh, the first round of trials as well. It's normally where you see a, a mix. So some sides go hell for leather. They'll name a lot of their big guns, get them uh, juice in the legs. Other sides will just take it easy, name some development players, a fair few rookies. So it is a bit of a mixed bag in terms of the, the teams that we've seen so far. Uh, Broncos will start at the uh, the bottom, so plenty of big names for them so far. Payne Haas, Staggs, Capewell, Ryan James, a couple of new recruits in there that'll get their first run. Adam Reynolds still on ice. A couple of all-stars in Kelly, Selwyn Cobo and TC Rabardi. I will give you a right of reply there, uh, Wilf. What are you if looking I can, for? Sorry, if I can just jump in. In fairness yeah. to Reynolds, he played far, far more into the season than anybody else on that list, so he deserves a bit more of a rest. <laughs> Kurt Capo yeah. was on that list, to be fair. But, okay. Oh, My sorry, apologies. Sorry to ruin the joke. Anyway, I did like it. <laughs> I liked I liked the angle you were coming from. But yes, Wilf, what are you looking out for in this trial? Look, I think that the key thing is, and, and this news just dropped a little bit earlier, so Tessie New apparently did his hammy at training. So he's potentially out four or five weeks, and that might spill over into rounds one or two. So right now they named David Mead at fullback, which is kind of gross. And I think a lot of people just assumed Selwyn Cobber was going to step in. 
So we might see that little bit of a shuffle around. So I'd like to see that. And and fingers crossed if uh, Cobo does get a run at fullback, maybe plays the second half there or whatever. And, you know, if he puts a good accounting, uh, puts a good account of himself in that role, then he might, you know, start round one as fullback. And that would definitely make him a lot more appealing as a round one option if he gets one or two rounds at fullback and then moves back to the wing afterwards. So that's one that stands out for me. Uh, probably the other one is Paddy Carrigan. Um, so people have heard me speak about him, you know, not my favorite Broncos player. And he's good for Supercoach though. But for him, like I, I hope he's not playing lock. But he's probably going to get 20, 30 minutes off the bench in his return to playing some footy. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. I'm hoping Kobe Hetherington can, you know, basically outplay him significantly. What and What's Carrigan coming back from? Remind me. Is it, did, did he, he do an ACL? Did, yeah, did his ACL. So, yeah, so around, it might be a bit of a slow start year. for the Yeah, so I think I get the feeling he might be eased back, but he's had a fair bit of time. Like he's, you know, I think it's coming up to 11 months or something since he did it or thereabouts. So he's had a lot of time to recover. I think, you know, I'd love for him to just play as prop or off the bench or something for a while. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if he's What he's got going for him is he's not a an agile side-to-side kind of guy he can just run straight and hard and um and get straight line running is it just me or is it lakey's internet cutting out <laughs> we'll have to well yeah bloody lakey and your dodgy uh logan internet mate. No, uh, i can hear you guys perfectly i'm doing all right over here am i back <laughs> yeah you are <laughs> okay you are back uh very good. i heard something about side to side no, no i was it. just saying yeah no kerrigan's not a, a side to side agile he's gonna not gonna use his step a lot he's he can run straight and hard and and you know, keep his legs under him um, as a as he comes back from that injury. Yeah, look, I've seen him like a couple of training picks and, and and film and stuff like that. He looks like he's doing all right in terms of the lateral movement. But yeah, I'd love to see him just come to the bench for a bit, and that'll give Kobe Hetherington uh, a shot at the thirteen. And I just think not 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 so relevant for Super Coach. I just think it's going to make the Broncos better, which might be better for the backline players. Basically. Kind of not what we want to hear, mate. We don't want to hear about the Broncos being good or not for Supercoach. It's, hey, hey, it's not what we're about. Good for the players. So, okay. you know, the, the Cobos and the Pereiras and, you know, hopefully Ezra Mam, those types of guys who might make some money then for us Supercoach Thank you. teams. Thank you. <laughs> you mentioned, Wilf, that Pat Carrigan's not one of your favourite Broncos. Uh, speaking of, your beloved Anthony Milford is no longer at the club. <laughs> Have you worked out a new favourite in his absence? Look, I, 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 yeah, yeah. Look, that was low hanging fruit there. Yeah, Panga would have been it, but obviously he's gone. Look, some of you probably have heard me in in whether it's my articles or podcasts or whatever. But Ezra Mam could be one of my new favorites, and the reason is because his player comp is Prime Anthony Anthony Milford. So <laughs> you have a time. Uh, look, you definitely uh, have I've a got type. a type. Look, he's, you know, the, the running 5.8s, you know, a little bit shorter, got that, um, you know, that thickness down the bottom, um, mm. the back end, and, you know, loves a tackle bus, loves an offload, runs very similarly to Milford. He's got the twinkle toes, and, you know, he can throw a pass, kick a bomb. Yeah, like he, he'll be super coach gold if he gets his spot, basically. All right. Pants back on. Uh, let's get into the other sides because there are a few others in the Broncos here, although Wilf's on the pod. Uh, Dogs new recruits, Dufty, TPJ and Vaughan step out. TPJ, as we just mentioned, departing. Well, it wasn't the Broncos, it was the Panthers briefly. So he's uh, he's now at the Dogs. Interesting news for them. Lachlan Elias, Ilias, how do we how do we say that, boys? I'll, I'll go to Wilf. I'll defer to Wilf, the, the expert. 
I think we've just gone with Ilias generally, just okay. out of respect for Benny Elias. There we go. Uh, he gets a crack at halfback, so we're all hoping um, he gets named there for round one. Blake Taff at fullback, because obviously Latrell to come back in round three will we'll throw a spanner into those works. But uh, good to see the young guys get a crack. For the Storm, they've got some of their uh, naughty players on the list here. Munster, Smith, Grant, they're all lining up. They won't play round one, but they will play the trial. And Xavier Coates, another ex-Bronco, gets a run in Josh Adakar's absence. For the Warriors, a couple of good names here. Ewan Aitken, who's going to make his permanent move to the second row this year. He'll get a start. Reese Walsh, another one that'll be banned. Uh, Lakey, your, your boy for round one. AFB and Matt Lodge, uh, I, I guess Wilfred's boy, Matt Is Lodge. Is he anybody's boy? <laughs> Certainly not in the in the United States. Uh, Canberra, <laughs> Xavier Savage gets first go at the fullback spot. So interestingly enough, CNK uh, eased in off the bench for this one. So Savage, about 290K. Um, and I feel like you'll chat about him later on, but... Yeah, another a good name to see in the team list, but it is trials, so we, we, you know you can never bank too heavily on that. For the cows, my beloved cowboys, Benny Condon and Connolly Lemuelo into the second row, which is interesting because Jeremiah Nanoi and Helam Lukey have uh, very limited competition this year. So a lot uh, they're mid range, but they've got a lot of eyes on them, super coach wise. So Lemuelo making a move into the second row is interesting. Uh, Mitch Dunn's going into the middle. Cohen Hess is in the middle. So not a lot of other uh, names, really. So hoping that's good news for those guys. For Parramatta, a couple of cheapies in the mix. Hayes Dunster, Penasini, Perham, and Sean Russell. Our first three are starting and Russ, Sean Russell off the bench. So uh, Parra, they've always got a one or two cheapies in the mix. So hopefully on the, the edges there, a couple of those guys can get a run. And for the Chooks, well, actually, sorry, uh, Jump the gun. The Chooks are one of the teams that haven't named this side. So rush through that. Uh, obviously, we, we spent five hours on the Broncos, but anything else striking you guys is interesting out of those ones that I've just rattled off? Not for me. I'm not taking too much stock in these trial games early on. They're, they're naming a lot of their younger guys um, to give them a run, um, probably just playing with a few new roles or positions. Like, as you said, Lemuelo is just he's making the move into the second row. It's not something we've seen him play before, so... It's. I'm not putting much stock in it as far as round one and onwards goes. We'll just see how a couple of Unless the boys the are looking. beat the Bulldogs, in which case it was a full-strength team, your premiership material, all the usual trial fare. The Bulldogs? Nah. I think I'll wait until <laughs> The new we... and improved. It's the new yeah. and improved dogs. That's right. And we are the far, far less improved Knights from years gone by. So it's gonna be Love a, the spirit, Lakey. Yeah. Uh, Wilf. Let's say realism. <laughs> Um, look, I think for me, it's just, you know, I agree with Lakey, you can't read too much into it. It's, you know, week one slash two of the trials. It's the following week where the trials kind of mean a little bit more in terms of lineups and things like that. So generally speaking with this week, I'm just looking at the players that I already kind of had my eye on and just seeing how they go. And, you know, there's a few interesting storylines there, like Xavier Savage getting that shot at the fullback position you mentioned there before. You know, if he brains it, like I think that'll give Ricky Stewart something to really think about and consider for round one, especially with, um, you know, uh, well, we'll talk about it later, I'm sure, but Jordan Rappiner being suspended for two weeks there. Savage might find himself there and then, you know, who knows what happens after that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see a few of those things. But outside of that, I'm not reading too much into the trials at this point. Good news for us, anyway, is that we get to watch these on KO, I believe. So no longer the dodgy internet stream for some of these that we would normally see, but um, for the first time ever, all trials on 
uh, Fox League or, or KO, I think it is. So yeah, we'll have a keen eye on that. I think Lakey, you've lined up a trials wrap, not by you, but by Alex Christie. That's right. Friend of, the, friend of the site. Of those who listened to the pod last year would know the name Alex Christie. He was there and thereabouts at the top end midway through the season and, and came and had a chat with us. So he's going to be doing up a bit of a trials wrap for us in the coming weeks. I don't think he suffered as much of a Supercoach Talk pod curse as other people in the past have. He was flying high and then he just flew slightly less high towards the back end. He didn't just fall off a cliff like everyone else. We seem to get on when they're going really well. But anyhow, anyone who's in the top 10 at any point in the season, don't dial in. All right, that's that's trial news. I'll get into to you quickly here, Wilf. Uh, so we talked a little bit about what you've done in the off-season. Let's go back to the mega guide. Um, maybe some really key learnings. I know you have an article that you write quite often about what we learn each week. Uh, but just a couple of quick points. So maybe a player that you were thinking about before you wrote the Mega Guide that you then were completely off. Was there anyone that came to mind there that you thought about as you were you, you know, mulling your team over that once you got into the meat and potatoes of it all, you just decided no longer? Yeah, I think, I mean, at, at one point I was thinking a little bit about Hudson Young um, from the Raiders, there was rumours that he was going to have an 80-minute role. And, you know, we saw last year when he was playing 80 minutes, he actually did quite well for Supercoach. So coming into this season, if he was going to have that role, he's going to be a little bit underpriced. And I was looking at him as a bit of a pod. But I think as I looked into it and when I wrote the Raiders section, I just thought, look, there's so many back rowers here. It just would be a folly to, to take a risk. Like There's just no reason to do it. And, you know, when I looked at the minutes and all the – yeah, just all the mucking around, the sticky shenanigans mm. that was going on with this forward pack and these rotations. I, I'm just like, nah, I can't go anywhere near any of the forwards, really. And like the other name that I was looking at was Joe Tarpane, who obviously yeah. really, you know, showed off again in the All Stars game how good he can be. I just like he played 60 minutes in that game, and I just don't see him ever playing 60 minutes at this stage for the Raiders. So yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a risky trap, I think. And then conversely, anyone on the other side that you weren't thinking about that all of a sudden has popped into your side? Yeah, um, sticking with the Raiders, and I mean, he's there right now, but Matt Tomoko, who I think might be starting the season playing right center for the Raiders, like I was just, um, you know, I thought I'd watched him a little bit last year and it was like, you know, he's a pretty good young player and I think he could be something. I didn't think much of it, but when I actually broke down and looked at his scores, I was kind of blown away how involved he was. And we know, like, for Supercoach, we love someone who gets stuck in, you know, high base and, and has potential to get some attack. But, yeah, just breaking it down. And, I've like, he's one of the sleepers marked in the Mega Guide, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more. But so, you know, he played nine games, had a couple of games off the bench. So he's obviously warming to a first-grade role. He's at 378,000. And, you know, when he played, you know, 80-minute games, he was averaging 50 and he's priced at a 43.1 average. And of his 50 points, like there's hardly any attack in there. He's got almost 45 points in just base and base attack. So that's like elite in the center wing position. Mm-hmm. So at that price, like he's making money just from base, basically, if he can maintain that work rate from last year. So a bit of a sleeper. If he gets a trial two, then he could make some quick cash. So, yeah. Um, you know, when we're trying to pinch pennies, and, uh, sorry, pinch pennies and try save some coin, uh, that that that's one option that I've kind of looked at there. Interesting. No, I definitely hadn't thought of um, that name. Actually, I'm um, pulling him up on the mega guide as 
as we speak. And we might as well pick your brain as well just before we get into the teams. But obviously there, there's a fair few new changes about with the Supercoach game itself. Uh, Super Trade Weeks are no longer. We're getting a few more in the kitty and also the trade boosts. Um, how are you looking to play it this year? So what, what's your strategy before we get into the season? What, um, what, are, you, what are you doing about the, the trade boosts? How do you see people using them? Yeah, I think for me, I'm I'm kind of going to be a little bit cautious with it. Like I get the appeal of, you know, trying to use one in round two. So you get three trades in round two and then three trades in round three and, you know, just burning them all early to set up your team for the rest of the season. Like you could be off to an absolute flyer, but I think the hesitation I have with that is that you could end up just with, you know, struggling to balance the COVID outs and things like that, which mm-hmm. I think that's the idea of the trade boost. It's there. You know, mid-round, if all of a sudden one of your players is out with COVID, then you have the option of activating a trade boost and, you know, trading someone in so you're not left high and dry. So I think in theory that's what – I'm guessing that's what News Corp and the, the, the mm. Supercoach team was planning with the trade boost. At this stage, I'm kind of leaning towards just using, you know, one in round three and then one in each of round 13 and 17. And then the other two, I'll just, you know, keep up my sleeve, whether it's for early in the season, you know, if there's a COVID out or, you know, if there's a desperate, like there's three golden cheapies that I want to get in at the same time or whatever, like that might be a chance to use it. So I'm keeping my options open. I'm not trying to like lock myself into anything from preseason, basically. Do you think the Nuff will be dead this season? Given the the COVID risk and all that that you spoke about, and the fact that we might have you know last minute outs left, right, and centre, is is it safe to carry a bunch of players late in the season that won't be playing at all? I think it's just going to depend how we go with the money making, right? I think at the end of the day, like points are king, and if you need to nuff out so you can produce a solid, you know, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen player squad, you just got to you might have to do that just so you can you know get the key players you need in there. And then you cross your fingers, hope for the best. Like I think at some level, people will have to do that if they can't generate generate enough cash to be able to have the depth to have like a squad of twenty, you know, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, even like just depending on how you go. Yeah, that's it. I can just see you know, Supercoach often is a game of luck, and I'm sure this season will be uh, pretty much the same. So who <laughs> knows? Uh, we'll burn all our trades, as you said, trying to get the perfect side, and then have it all go to shit from. Around origin, whatever and beyond, as it always does. We never really learn. Lakey, anything you want to ask? Pick Wilf's brains on before we launch into his mega guide sides. No, I want to hear about his um, some of the justifications he's had for things he's been sending me. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> no further ado, <laughs> uh, we'll take a quick break, Wilf, and then come back and launch into your sides: the Broncos, the Raiders, the Storm, and the Roosters. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All righty, back from the break. Wilfred, we're going to throw over to you here. You've got four sides. We'll start with your beloved Broncos because I'm sure we'll get half an hour for them and two minutes for the others uh, once we do the – once we gong you. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll throw to you, talk through some of the guns, maybe some of the sleepers, some of the guys like Tomoko that you mentioned that you got your eye on uh, for your four sides, and then some of the avoids, you know, who are the guys that are just traps that you can see uh, 100% before we launch in. So we'll start with your beloved Broncos. Um, A-plus a players, uh, anyone come to mind? I think there's only really one, and that's Pan Haas. You know, everyone thinks – well, not everyone. Majority of people think he's going to be the number one front row forward from the, you know, for the end of the season. You can get him at possibly his lowest price all, all year. Um, you know, I think he's just so safe. Like he's not going to give you a crap score really at all. And like you know, you're not going to captain him or anything like that. But front row forward's a pretty rough position, and you might think you can find value, but there's every chance that you find someone who. You know, it might be four fifty, five hundred thousand. They might pump out a, a solid fifty or whatever, maybe sixty now and then. Or you can, you know, stump up a little bit more coin for like five ninety five for Payne Haas, and he can give you seventies or eighties just playing in the middle, even playing sixty five minutes or whatever. Yeah, I'm happy to lock that in from round one. Just you know, that anchors my front row forward position for sure. He's probably the only A plus <laughs> um, uh, option at the Broncos. Yeah, he had um, only an, only an hour of game time last season. He averaged before that um, you know, seventy uh, odd minutes. He, cause he he could even pump out eighty minutes. What do you see for him longer term? Are they managing him a bit more? Yeah, I think Kevy wants to you know ho- hover him around that sixty to sixty five minute mark. I think when he did play the longer minutes, it just his defense suffered, and you know the Broncos struggle enough. Uh, if when they're good players can't defend either. So I think they're probably going to keep him around that 60 to 65 minute mark, which I think that's fine for Payne. You know, he's not going to hit those heights in base that he was in 2020 or whatever it was a couple of seasons back. But, you know, like we saw in the back end of the season after, especially after Lodge and Pangai left. So when he didn't have as much support, basically not, not, not as many people stealing work off him. He was hitting 83 points per game. Um, yeah, basically a lot of that was just from 64 minutes or something like that. And, yeah, and a lot 60, of it was coming 64 from... 64 too, I think. I had a look at it earlier. Sorry to jump in, but no, yeah, okay. Lodge left in round 17. And, you know, Haas averaged 68 for the year, roughly, but he upped that to 82 across the um, when Lodge went across the Dutch. So he's um, without those other big boppers around him, he certainly upped his work. And that's, you know, excluding round 25 when he hurt himself early. So, but um, yeah, he looked like he was on for another big game in that one. Anyway. I think like that's got to be, you know, you've got to recognize obviously that's with Carrigan out because of his ACL too. Mm. So if he comes back and, you know, maybe it's not from round one. So I think that's all the more reason why you should start with him. And, you know, if he ends up losing some minutes later or whatever, like if, if he's going to play 70 plus minutes, it's probably going to happen in the opening rounds when Flegler's suspended and Carrigan's easing back from his ACL and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, Haas is probably as safe as you can get. He's a guy that I look at a lot like Nathan Cleary in the at halfback. He's, you know, it's a, it's a difficult position to choose and get the right guys, so you may as well take the dude that's 
far and away better than the other options that are there and just lock him in for the year. And I think most super coaches agree, like his ownership's around like 52% or whatever. So yeah, uh, I think it's a safe bet. <laughs> yep. 100% agree. Sub 600K seems great value for Payne Haas. A name I was surprised not to hear you mention in the, uh, you know, out and out guns is Tony Staggs coming in back, well, fresh from a uh, from an injury riddled last uh, year or so. But what do you see for him on his, uh, I guess, full-time return? Yeah, look, I think, I mean, I technically called him a sleeper instead of an out-and-out gun, and I think it's just because he's, there are still some question marks over him. He hasn't really put together too many seasons without injury, and, you know, that I think that will hold him back for the time being. Uh, having said that, it's, you know, passing 18 months since he did this ACL in, in the back end of 2020. So, you know, shout out NRL Physio. Like, he's got a lot of info out there, and, and one of the things he's commonly said is 18 months on, from when he did the ACL, that's when players usually perform, um, you know, get back to their peak performance, whether that's pre-injury or whatever. So, you know, from that standpoint, Stag should be raring to go physically. Having said that, he's had some other injuries along the way, which probably have ha- you know, hampered his recovery yeah, at I, times. I wonder how much the ACL and maybe the strength that he lost by hurting that has led to those other injuries or he's overcompensating or something like that. So if his ACL and if his knees are, are back to 100%, as you know, shout out again, physio, as we rely on him for everything, um, if it's back to normal, you'd hope that those other little niggly injuries can right themselves a little bit more and you can see out a fair few games. Yeah, and I think that's the hope. And and one of the things with Stags is that ultimately he's still a center. You know, he's stuck on one side of the field. The Broncos let him roam a little bit, but you know, he's not like a fullback where he's they can in, chime in whenever they want. He's not going to play sixth. I thought that was floated. <laughs> I think that was just manager talking till he got the contract on on six money, and then he's back to right center. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not playing six, which is just. I'm surprised they didn't even just let him try it for like one of the trials or something like that and see how he went. But, you know, Broncos and, and smart decisions is not really something that they've been known for lately. So, yeah, look, I think the thing, I've, the, yeah, I'm just not holding him as an out-and-out gun because there is an element of risk there. So I think I'm, I'm fairly confident he's going to outperform the price tag because he's got the discount baked in there. There's, you know, the four games he played last year, he didn't play 80 minutes in all of them. So, yeah, there's definitely room for growth. And, you know, the jury's out as to whether he can maintain a full season's worth of gun score. So, yeah, happy to wait and see on how he goes, but I'll definitely be starting with him round one, just the upsides there. He's in my side. Is he in your side, Lakey? He is. He's, I've got go. far too many Broncos in my side for my own personal mental oh. health. But <laughs> the things we have to sacrifice for Supercoach, right? I don't know. There you go. I've only got two Cowboys in mind and about three or four Broncos, so I don't know. Balance the ledger out in the coming weeks. Uh, on sleepers, anyone else? Wilf? Um, look, in terms of the other sleepers, there's not too many really for the Broncos. The other one that was kind of a bit of a pod pick, but now no longer is one. Um, that was Tessie New. Uh, you know, he's a fullback available at center wing. He's got that dual positioning there. He's pretty expensive, but like he finished playing fullback last season and he was hitting, you know, 63, 64 average for the back end of the year. So, you know, with the Broncos having a fairly decent starting draw, like there was a potential that he could have come out flying and, you know, make a bit a bit of quick coin as a pot option that not many people would have had, but, you know, write that off now with the latest injury news. So, yeah, not too many other options there that I'd be interested in. Uh, any out-and-out avoids that you've got? 
Yeah, probably just the obvious ones. I think Pat Carrigan, obviously, some people look at the price. They look at what he's averaged in 2020 and think, well, he's underpriced here, but uh, don't don't fall for that trap. Uh, Adam Reynolds, uh, I think you know, he's obviously been a really consistent performer for a long time. We know he's got a lot of um, you know potential to just lose points from goal kicking. Like those Rabbitohs just scored so many more tries. The Broncos, you know, were a bottom bottom four offense. The hope is maybe they're not bottom four. Maybe they're bottom eight instead because Reynolds can add a bit to that. But yeah, I wouldn't expect miracles from him. So yeah, he's an easy avoid there. I think the other name that I'd just be staying away from would be. Uh, I, I think I'd stay away from Coach Capewell. He's obviously one of the premier signings, but yeah, at four hundred thirty thousand five hundred, there's probably other options I'd look at at that price tag before I'd look at Capewell. Just you know, we don't even know who his halves partner is at the moment. Who's going to be linking up with him? So yeah, pretty simple. Talk to me about Kobe Hetherington. I know you're not a huge fan of him for Supercoach. You just said earlier he's good for the Broncos, not for Supercoach. But he's you yourself have got him as starting lock for you guys in round one. Um, what's he going to be doing? I think because he ended up finishing 2021 averaging about 39 minutes and maybe he ups that to 40 to 45 thereabouts. I just don't see him as like a big minute player. The way he plays is it's high intensity. He's there to hit and hurt people. Like him in defense is just like, it's not your Sean Fenson type tackle bots. Like, he hits guys and he hurts them. So every tackle he puts in is probably like triple the effort of some of the other players. Like, And again, this is where I crap on Carrigan because when Carrigan plays lock, he's the second or third man into every almost every tackle. So great for super coach, great for fantasy, but his tackles aren't effective, you know. He eases them down, you know, the they get plenty of time to set their line and, and get ready for the next attack, uh, attacking raid or whatever. Whereas like Kobe Hetherington, he hits and he hurts and he knocks people on their backs. He knocks them off to the side. Um, yeah. So like he's so much better as a super, like as a actual NRL option and he's not your high work rate type super coach player. So yeah, like he's just not, his game is great, but not good for super coach. There's obviously a lot of guys who are like that. You know, you normally think of the halves and, and, and fullbacks like that when you think of, you know, great NRL players, but not super coach, but there's a lot of forwards like Kobe who who just you know won't necessarily get the the work done there. You mentioned he likes hurting people. Does he hurt them legally, or does he hurt them like the other Hetherington in the game? No, no, he's definitely the much more legal Hetherington of the, the ones currently in the game. Uh, yeah, no, he he just you know he he really great tackle technique hits and hurts you know digs up under the ribs. You see guys winded when he tackles them and stuff like that. So, yeah, just great technique and really good timing and, yeah, picks his times well. Very good. Uh, one name that I wanted to, to talk about was and a, and a guy that played probably one of the better games in the All-Stars the other week, and that was Selwyn Cobbo. A lot of raps on him, 320-odd K. Uh, you've got him in as a cash cow here. What do you see for him to start the season? Yeah, I see him starting one of the wings. And, you know, he's at 320K, as you said, and... It's not that cheap. Obviously, bottom dollar is around the 175 mark, but it doesn't seem like we're going to get many $175,000 rookies, and that's unfortunately why I've got to look a little bit, little bit more expensive. Uh, Cobo, like his game is quite super good friendly. You know, we, we can be lazy and call him the next Latrell, and we know Latrell loves a tackle bust. 
can offload, you know, runs hard when he wants to. But Cobbo's more like he's more hardworking, better work rate. Uh, and, and, yeah, so super coach wise if he gets an extended run, I reckon he'll score some tries. He'll break away and, you know, make some big plays, big splash, splashy plays that Latrell can do. And, you know, that's super coach gold. So he might not make you, a hundred, you know, 200000 whatever because he starts at a higher price. But I can see him going on a, a, a quick run and he could make you a quick hundred, hundred and fifty thousand, 150000 and you're moving on uh, to someone who's a bit more consistent. Uh, How's the... Sorry, uh, sorry, I was just going to ask, Wilf, how the Broncos' run was to start the season. So, you know, we're talking about wingers here that are 300K. Is he a chance? Is he playing some... Um, I don't think you're playing the Cowboys. Or oh, maybe you are in a, you know, <laughs> you know, a month, within a month or two. Has he uh, got some difficult matchups, easy matchups? What's the read? So, first round is obviously the, the Rabbitohs at Suncorp. So, that's not great, but also not as scary as it sounds because the Rabbitohs, obviously, you know, we've got Adam Reynolds now. Uh, they've got a rookie fullback, a rookie, you know, well, also obviously a grand final win, uh, losing fullback, but still ultimately very inexperienced. They got a rookie halfback. They've got some, you know, changes in the back line with, you know, Gagai leaving and they might have a new, uh, you know, right winger and, and a left center as well. They, they've got Jen Sewer's gone. So there's there's a lot of new changes in the Rabbitohs that I think, they could be a little bit unsettled for round one. So if we if it, if there's ever a week that you want to play them, it's probably round one when Latrell's suspended as well. So just Rabbitohs by 30 then? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. By 30 instead of 50. Yeah. But then round two, Bulldogs. Round three, Cowboys. Round four, Warriors. So not a bad little three-game streak there. But then, yeah, Roosters, Panthers after that. So a bit rough. But then round seven, Bulldogs again. So overall, I, I think it's pretty friendly. Like it's a bit of a just roller coaster. Two, three, four could be a little gold patch for you know, someone like, like a Cobo. It sounds like a kind of guy that you, you may not want to play in in five and six against those top guys. You're not going to be. He's not. You know, they've only got to fall over the line, I suppose. But how many tries the Broncos be going to be getting against those top teams? Um, yeah, guns, I think you're just hoping that by round five, maybe he's already made he's some already cash made and he could be moved on. Gun to your head, you can only start one of them. Who are you going for, Cobo or Pereira? Uh, oh, that's tough. I think if Pereira is selected, like that price tag, the the sixty or fifty five thousand cheaper, I think you'd have to go Pereira. And I think Pereira might be actually on the right wing, which is kind of sad because I was really hoping to see a Stags Cobo combo. But yeah, it could be Stags Pereira or something like that. Uh, you say if he's selected, what are the chances he's not? Because I know a lot of people are banking on him as a uh, a sort of semi-cheapy to start the year. Yeah, look, and this is the difficult thing for me. I think it'll be great if he's selected for Supercoach. He's, he's got a really good Supercoach game. But, you know, as much as Corey Oates is laughed at as a bit of a joke because he used to be relevant and now he's not, I think the thing with Oates is he can ultimately um, – he can still break off and run for 50, 60 meters down the sideline. Like I don't think Jordan Pereira has ever done that in his whole career. Even in the trials against reserve graders, he only made it about 20 meters before he got caught. So Oates, as much as he's, you know, he's not the Oates of 2015, 16, when he went on his mad try scoring runs, like he's still got that ability. And, you know, the last two years he's been, you know, self-admitted, like just not putting in, and he wanted to move the back row. Didn't bother training for it. Like he's just lazy. But uh, you know, 
it's the whole training the house down type narrative, yeah. but he's literally been training the house down. You look at him, he looks far leaner than he has the last two years. Contract he's year, man. His, it's a contract year, obviously, mm. big one there. Um, and he knows he wants to play on the wing. So, like, you know, it's not really inside mail, but I'm hearing a lot of people who are close to some of the coaching staff actually still say Oates is probably ahead of Pereira for round one. So it could change, obviously. The trials will tell us a lot, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, writing in Pereira with a pen, basically. He might not be there. Yeah, man, we don't never know what happens. Like, only, what, two hours ago, Tessie knew was just starting fullback, so... Exactly. It's a long preseason, and we just got to wait for those round one teams to drop. Look, it could end up being Cobo fullback and then Pereira, Oates on the wing, so, you know, we have the best of both worlds. <laughs> Mate, Brendan Piakura, uh, cheapy, 188k, not due back until round two with suspension. Um, is he likely to crack the 17, or is he just a cheapy we're all hoping too much for yeah this is a tough one because i think you know if you were asking me come end of season is he in the strongest 17 i think i would say 100 percent he will be it's just i don't know if he's going to be there because he misses round one you know he's still a really young kid he like a lot of the young kids can probably benefit from more games playing against you know the men in reserve grade so the fact that he's not there round one the fact that flegler's back round three the fact that yeah, there's there's options still coming back for the Broncos. Makes me really hesitant to start with him round one. Like, because if you don't, then he's potentially going to sit there, not earning you any cash, not helping you out if you need a player. And you know, he could be a really good downgrade option if he comes in in maybe round three or four. Like, he could be a perfect downgrade for a fattened cow in round you know seven. So that would be ideal if, if from a super coach perspective. So. I, as much as I rate the kid, like, you know, people have laughed at how much I've talked him up, but yeah, he, he's legit and I really like what I saw from him from the trial, but he's raw and he, he could probably still benefit from a little bit more development. Yep. Um, but like at some stage, I'm 100% confident he'll get blooded and, and play a lot of football uh, in the second half of the season. It's just, I don't think he's going to be there straight away. And if I'm wrong, like it's not a, it's not a hard fix, you know, he'll come in round four for, you know, whichever failed cow I have that I can oh, just swap over it. to him. Always. There's always a million and one players we need to get rid of exactly. in our yeah. sides. He got stitched up here. He's 189K. Uh, he played <laughs> one game for two points last season. He got so he's bargain basement. He got, he got Sinbin after like two minutes, which is ridiculous. <laughs> that's right. And now an that's intro. why he's suspended, so. <laughs> there you go. All righty. Uh, any final words on the Broncos from either of you, Lakey? Nah, you know all my words about the Broncos. Well, yeah, and I've said too many, so let's move on. Next thing. <laughs> All righty, let's get into your next side. The milk. Up the milk. You're that excited. I am. Steady on. This hands. Uh, the Raiders, they are a bit of an enigma. I don't really don't know what to expect from them this season. Uh, like Josh Hodgson's still there. I didn't think he would be, but Jared Crow could talk about him not uh, making it back. So there's a fair bit going on. Uh, let's start again with the guns or the A's. Anyone in their side? Yeah, um, I don't think there is at all from memory. No, <laughs> so no A's in this side, now. no. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a fair few mid-ranges. So maybe we yeah. move into the, the sleeper category. We did chat a bit about a couple of these guys, but uh, the sleepers, anyone that you've got your eye on? 
Yeah, look, I obviously mentioned to Moko, he's probably the biggest sleeper. I've kind of got my eye on there. Joe Tarpane, I, you know, he's a really good player. It's just he needs this opportunity. And I did talk about Hudson Young. So if he does actually play any minutes, he is undervalued and he could end up being, you know, a nice little pod. But I just think with all of these guys, there's just too much risk for the forwards. And, and you know, this is after I've just, you know, gone through the team in, in super detail, looked at their minutes, the rotations, the, the number of times Josh Papali just ends up on the bench for no reason. Uh, you know, even like their best player will get benched by Ricky Stewart for no reason in the interest of rotating the team. And he'd still play 40, 50 minutes. So it's not like it really impacted his minutes a lot, but it's just the unpredictability. So like, I hate that for Supercoach. It just would drive me nuts. So yeah, I'd rather not own too many uh, Raiders players, generally speaking. Uh, Xavier Savage, if he was to get uh, the first crack at, at fullback, he is in the trial, but from round one NRL and CNK was maybe, I don't know, a bench option. He did come back from injury in that role last season. But if Savage was to get a fullback spot, what would you be doing with him? It's such a tough question, isn't it? Because he's fullback only. Mm. And obviously, you know, we want the fullbacks to be guns. Like he, he's he's just too hard to trust, I think. At 286,400, like fullback only. You know, he had three games, one of them injury affected or off the bench rather. And then, you know, he had like a 27 and then 114. Uh, sorry, 25 and then 114, which, you know, he really broke out that game. It was just huge. Like, and, and like 10 tackle busts in that game, just, yeah, it's not sustainable. But so that's his ceiling, I think. And, you know, I just don't think he'd be able to do it that often. And then I, I just, yeah, it's too risky. Like, I think you're going to miss out on too many points when you've got absolute studs like, you know, Turbo, Teddy, Pappenhausen just running right out there. Yeah, no, I think I'd have to skip it as much as I'd love that cash. Mm. Now, another sleeper you've got here back on that train, Nick Kotrick. Uh, he's back in Raiders' colours after a pretty uneventful year or so in the, the Dogs. But um, you've got him down as a C, but you've got the pillow next to his name, so you do see it a little bit in him. Uh, anything that strikes you as value at 376k? It's just, again, one of those risky picks, isn't it? He's... What we've seen enough from him to know that he can be really good for super coach. He can bust tackles for fun. Like there was a stretch where he was hitting 20, 25 points in tackle bus every second game. But then it's just because the, the, the games in between, he'd hardly do anything. So uh, that's, that's plagued his super coach career anyway. Just the inability to kind of string games together where he was consistent. Like if he manages to put it together now that, you know, he found his way on the way out of the Raiders. Maybe he actually wants to be there now and, and sticks around and he might play like he wants to be there. Like that might change things. So I'll be watching very closely. I can't, I couldn't start with him, but yeah, he's obviously a really talented player, very physically gifted. So he can put it together. It's just, he hasn't so far. Have I, uh, have I come across a typo? Maybe this is intentional, but there's a gun next to Jordan Rappiner's name. No, he yeah. was he was their gun, um, and then he's, pardon the pun, he's gone off half-cocked in the All-Stars <laughs> game and uh, ruled himself out. So that's going to be one of our updates that's going to be coming to you guys shortly. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, he was probably their only gun of the side, and he, he ruined it. And it was it was a gun that was a little bit questionable because it counted on him, you know, a lot of things lining up for him. So if you read the guide, like I've broken down, you know, he 
he averaged for the season 63.3, but when you dig into the numbers, you know, he spent time playing on the right wing, spent time playing on the left wing, and also, you know, stretch games at fullback. So those all different scores, you know, made a huge difference. So, you know, I like this is this is a level of detail we go to in the mega guide. I literally watched the highlights of every single game and saw which side he played on and calculated the scores there. So yeah, I mean six games at fullback. He had five eighty minute games there, averaged almost eighty two points per game. So inflated his average there. He had a game at center and scored forty one. And then, you know, fifteen games on the wing, overall average was sixty point three. But you look at then when he played left wing compared to the right wing. So left wing, you know, that's the money edge for the Raiders. Any left winger will score some tries because that's Jack Whiten's wing. You know, there's a lot of talent going now that that side. And, you know, he averaged 72.4, playing seven games on the left side and seven games on the right side, he was about 51.4. So, you know, 20-point swing there. And I think that's what made it kind of interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that's why he was a gun, but obviously no longer relevant because he's not going to be there around one. This is why we get Wilf on the pod, mate, because, like, you and I have to hold our hands up to work out which one's left and right. Uh, <laughs> but, but Wilf can rattle off stats like there's no tomorrow. But, um, no, great stuff. Uh, there is, it, it obviously is for Supercoach so relevant which side some of these guys are on, particularly the Raiders, the way that they shape their attack. So uh, very well put together. Um, all right, so is there anything else? So any absolute uh, out-and-out avoids? One I was going to ask you about, and I don't know if, Lakey, you've got the same thought, but our boy last year, Corey Haruiranaira, he had a, a pretty solid season. We picked him up pretty cheaply midway through. He got some 80-minute games. You've got him slated to come off the bench. Is he a guy, for whatever reason, opened up down the track for him at 80 minutes you'd be jumping on, assuming his price falls a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know he... He's a super coach magnet for points. Like when he gets 80 minutes, he's churning out the work rates, the offloads, tackle bus, knows how to run a good line. Yeah. Like he, he's great for super coach. It's just whether it's his attitude, whether it's his, you know, discipline, it often costs him not only just points on the field, but also his spot in the team sometimes. So yeah, that's what are you alluding to? Sorry? What are you alluding to exactly? <laughs> oh, you know, just uh, just uh, Ricky Stewart dropped him, you know, after yeah, he made right. a bunch of errors, you know? Hey, how is Elliot Whitehead going to affect him? Like, you've got him starting that lock. Is that where he's going to be playing all year? Yeah, look, I think um, – did I end up changing my mind on that? I, I think I did. Yeah, you got Adam Elliot in there. In the- yeah, Elliot, Elliot is confusing. That's, you know, that's my apologies. I did mean Adam Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> Again, professional as always, Lakey. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> I think, well, let's talk about Elliot Whitehead first because he's always been 80 minutes on the left mm. edge. Yeah. Now, the word is he's slowing down. So, you know, there was some chat. He might play lock and things like that, which, you know, he's got great hands, you know, really can get and set up attack. I mean, he's played halfback for the Raiders before. And and so he can obviously pass and control the team. So that, that lock role seems like it'd be made for him. But, yeah. Uh, I digress. He's apparently not playing 80 minutes this year, so he might play the odd game, but the expectation is going to drop down to about 50-60. So there's more minutes available. Uh, Adam Elliott, I think he's going to play lock because, I mean, he might play edge. <laughs> Who knows? It might be a rotation. That's the thing with Ricky uh, Stewart. I just don't know. Like He's so unpredictable. He could play lock two games and then on the edge for three and then swap it around again. And then he might be on the bench because... He decides to give CHN a game. And then 
I think there's one game last year he gave this um, poor Kyle O'Donnell just a game where he started started a lock, played 20 minutes, and then never seen again. Mm. So, you know, Ricky Stewart, I couldn't trust him. <laughs> and not to mention that Adam Elliott and Corey Harawirinara aren't the most disciplined guys, as you mentioned. Both of those had at any stage do themselves out of a game through uh, their various off-field actions. All allegations. Maybe it's a good thing they're at the Raiders, right? I hear Jambrews oh. and is uh, pumping with the nightlife. No, the weed capital of Australia, isn't it? So they might be in trouble. <laughs> I guess it's not the nightlife that you have to worry about around those two anyway. True. Uh, final word, moving on. Uh, Jared Croker, he's an E in your rating scale here. You've got him as a massive avoid, 321K. He's a out-and-out fallen gun. Why are we avoiding him? Is, is he done? Is he over? Yeah, I mean, there's been chat of like rumors of medical retirement. He's apparently undergone stem cell surgery with the last gasp to try, you know, save his knees. I mean, I think unfortunately for the guy, his knees are cooked. So there's chat even if he plays, he might not goal kick. So, oh. I mean, if, he, if Croak is not goal kicking, like what value is he for your team? Like, yeah, that's no thanks. I couldn't risk it. There's too much injury risk, too much lack of upside. We know even with goal kicking, he could drop you a you know, single digit game any time. So, yeah, no thanks. What's Stephen Dank doing these days? I'm sure he could get him up and <laughs> up and about on that field for at least a year. That's all we need. To see <laughs> possibly managing Paul Gallon's boxing career. <laughs> any final questions for the Raiders, Lakey? Do mate. Uh, I'll give you. I'll throw you an over under, Wilf. Um, round eight, so two months into the season, over under. Um, Tom Styling takes over as starting hooker. Oh, look, it might even happen round one. Like, I wouldn't write that off. So if that happens, you get a massive watch on that. Uh, you know, I, I've spoken about Tom Starling and his super coach style and how he's really good. You know, I've called him Damien Cook Light a few mm-hmm. times and you know, there's a lot of similarities to their game, to their appearance. They even had the same mustache for a while. I don't know if you guys remember, like they actually played against each other and they both looked really, really similar. <laughs> you didn't have the different jerseys. It would have been a bit of a, a tough one. Imagine them both sprinting uh, down the sand in their speedos. <laughs> I don't know if Starling's this beach sprinter type, but they're still both very quick off the mark. But yeah, Starling, you know, he's great for Supercoach, and and you know, he's got a career high of like 157, yeah, something ridiculous nice, like yeah. that. So Thanks for yeah, it's up, not bro. it's not it's not a common thing for a hooker to be able to score that high. But yeah, he's definitely got that upside, and you know, if he does take over, yeah, sign me up. Very good. So, yeah, a little bit to watch there. They're a team to watch in the the trials I think we've landed on for the Raiders. Uh, Another team to watch, we'll move on to the Melbourne Storm. So, uh, interesting start to the year for them. They'll be without quite a few of their bigger name players, courtesy of another few off-field incidents. But (laughs) uh, obviously they're a side filled with guns, so we won't skim over the guns like we do with the Raiders. But, Wilf, over to you. Uh, Rattle them off. Uh, Who's your number one Storm Supercoach gun? Ryan Pappenhausen. Who else? Cool. <laughs> I, I don't know what to expect there. To be honest, I mean, I thought oh. it could have been Munster, Man, Jerome after Hughes. Your, um, after your experiences in Magic Round, I thought you would have been calling him Trappenhausen. Uh, no, no, Ryan's my guy. I, I, I'm a, I'm a massive fan. Like, just this story is so uplifting, and then obviously the fact that he's actually really good at football, and yeah, no, hair. Oh, come on. That that mullet is glorious. What are you talking about? That's what I said. It's luxurious. It's beautiful. All right. <laughs> I thought you were talking trash about it. No, no, no. never. But I think it's 
yeah, um, watching him streaking down the field with that hair flowing on, you know, the flowing locks just yeah, in the wind. It's great. It's great. Yeah, look, Terrell, think- Terrell Fuimurn, I certainly thought otherwise. <laughs> I'm sure there was none of that on Magic Ground. Did you see he, he was the one who took out Josh Curran in the All-Stars game? Well, there you go. He's got so many guys with long hair. He thinks they all need a haircut <laughs> at the neck. Yeah, no. I, I think, um, you know, is that going to be a strategy? Watch out for captaining games against Tyrell <laughs> Fuimurna. You might take your captain out. The killer. The killer. So, what, so Pappenhausen, do you see him as undervalued? Should we just all be getting him in? And Obviously, he's in a fair few sides now. But um, what is it about him that you see he's in that elite tier? I mean, it's just the fact that he did have the injury-affected games. He came off the bench. A few games he didn't goal kick. Like He's just a points machine. Uh, he can he can do it all. Obviously, having a goal kicking is just a huge flaw for someone with such upside. Like Anyone who can score four tries in 11 minutes or some whatever ridiculous thing he did against the Broncos, plus still you know make a heap of runs, I think, if I'm not mistaken, like his flaw with the goal kicking is around about 60. So that's just so safe. And then, yeah, you know, 197 against the Broncos. That's it was so close to breaking the 200 mark that game. And then they downgraded him on updates, which was a bit rough. Mm. But yeah, like he, I think you know, his 80 minute games. If you, even if you include the finals games, he was sitting at about 111 average. So he's priced at under 80. Yeah, lock me in. Easy. Almost half half of what a one turbo will cost you to start the season. So it's, 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 it's a pretty crazy <laughs> uh, fullback spot. But for a guy there that, you, you know, you talked about having such a safe floor and the ability to score so high, it seems incredible that he's almost half the price of the top tier, of the, the top. But anyway, such was Turbo's last year. But definitely value for money at that. As you said, he had a couple of those weird games off the bench. The cows restricted him. The uh, defensive juggernaut of the North Queenslanders <laughs> kept him very quiet in his first game back. But, yeah, uh, he was one of the first picked in my side. You've got him down here as should be the first picked in everyone's team. So hard to disagree. Lakey, any devil's advocate play there? I can't argue with it. He was second picked in my team, I reckon. There you go. So we'll move Is on. Is this after that. you put in Ponga and then took him out? No, no. I've got your other fullback who we're going to talk about next. As uh, I had him as my first pick, but to say Papi was very, very close second. Um, it's just such a high scoring position. It's really changed the way we look at Supercoach these gun fullbacks. And I, we spoke about Savage earlier and and those sorts of things. I just don't think you can go that route anymore um, with the way that these guys can put points on the board. You've got to start the year with two gun fullbacks and that's where it was like a a, a turbo makes it a little bit difficult because if you go with him you're almost um made to go the cheaper route as your second fullback but um you can start with a puppenhaus and and we'll jump the gun a teddy you're um (laughs) you're laughing yeah if you've got granville in your fullback spot like i do maybe we shift him up to hooker i don't know maybe it just Mm, makes more sense well you've got some flexibility um... with granville that you don't have with these other guys so that really puts him in a tier of his own Absolutely. <laughs> the one and only fullback hooker, special dual positioning. In that very game, too, when Pappenhausen stunk it up, it was Jakey Granville throwing forward passes for tries. Oh, it was all happening. Good on him. Anyway, Pappy, moving on. Uh, next gun on your list, Wilf, who is it for the Storm? Yeah, it's going to be Harry Grant. I mean, you know, he's the second Storm player I picked once I, once I made my team. It was easy. Pap's in, Grant in, that was done. 
just, you know, he's got so much potential for Supercoach. Like, he's just, a, again, points magnet. Everything he does on the field attracts points. He's such a got such attacking upside as a, you know, possibly the best attacking hooker in the game. Like, he reads the game so well compared to anybody else, basically. And, yeah, he takes his opportunities. So there's the chat, obviously, you know, with the forwards, uh, you know, a little bit decimated for the Storm. So Brandon Smith, assumedly, will play lock, which means, you know, if Grant's not playing 80 minutes, he'll play at least, you know, 65, 70. He only played 59, I think, last year Mm -hmm. on average, and that was injury-affected and, and, you know, like he carried injuries through games and things like that. So assuming he's healthy... Um, and if he's playing 65, 70 minutes, like he could be knocking on 75, 80 average, and that could be a real difference maker at the hooker position. Listen, like he he played a couple of less games than he did in 2020. Um, he's obviously his rookie year when he was at the Tigers, but dropped his minutes by like 15 a game or something like that and still upped his super coach average, such as his power at um, the position and, and how good the Storm are as a whole. He, um, you know, he just makes things happen. He's again. We spoke about it with Haas. He's probably the out and out best position, best option at the position. And it's almost like it's 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 good that he misses round one because that forces some people to think about well, should I still start with him? Because I think if he played round one, like his ownership might be pushing forty percent. What is his ownership? Do we have that numbers? I was really interesting because I, I looked earlier in the season, like when I first made my team, he was sitting at like twenty four percent. But I think he's actually dropped down to like 11 or 12%. I'll have to double check, actually. But it definitely dipped quite a bit from what it was previously. So I was quite surprised. Would you be turning to a guy like Damien Cook for just the round one? Like, where do you see, if we're comparing the top tier, uh, how far behind is Damien Cook? Yeah, so this is where, like, I find it interesting because, you know, we kind of see Damien Cook as, you know, one of the premium options, right? And... Yeah, he was definitely like you look at his super coach career, his premium year. I mean, like 2019, played 23 games, averaged 75.9. So let's call it 76. Then 2020 drops to 70.1. And then obviously last year, 65.7. And, you know, that's Cookie at his best, playing 80 minutes and, you know, three years ago. Now he's a little bit older. He might have a different role in the team. And, you know, there's chat that he's going to run the ball more, whatever. But, you know, even if he everything goes right, he still might only knock on a sixty, sorry, seventy six average or whatever he did in twenty nineteen. You've just had Harry Grant have a play fifty nine minutes, injury in- affected, and he's got a seventy three average on the mm-hmm. season or something like that. So the sky's the limit for Harry, and yeah, I just think he's even with Cookie having a good year, Harry could still be five five ten points ahead per game. Devil's advocate. With the three trade boost that we have and all that sort of stuff, um, how tempted would you be to start Damian Cook for round one against your Broncos and then switch him to Harry Grant the following week? Yeah, look, it, it could be tempting because you know in the past the Broncos their rock defense have just been so horrible, and and it wasn't that long ago where Cookie like he had two tons on the Broncos in the same he used season. To, he loved playing the Broncos every year. He loved it. As this captain's article I was writing, I was salivating every time he turned up against the Broncos. Loves the cows too. Tour, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unsurprising. And it's really funny though because I relied on that. Like, not not your article. No, it wasn't oh, thanks. Talk. No, that's- <laughs> 
No, no, no. Like oh, I, I read your article, but I'd already made my own decision to captain Damien Cook against my Broncos, and he scored like 34. And that was the start of my shocking, shocking decline in 2020. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a that's a story for another day. But yeah, I just think like the way the game is now, like Cookie should be really good, but he just doesn't seem to need to. And you kind of think like why when you're so good at running the ball or whatever. But then you look at the Rabbitohs last year; they were the you know third best offense in the league. Like they didn't need Cook mm-hmm. to run, but they might need it this year. So. There's a chance, maybe, yeah, he does. Like, everything goes right. He is averaging 75, 80 on, from attacking stats. But I just think, yeah, you've got here Harry who can just do it even playing 60 minutes a game. If, if and, we're talking about the gun or hookers in Supercoach, it's it's one, Harry Grant, two is Daylight, three is Damian Cook um, in my mind. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of guys closing the gap even up to that That's second, third spot, whatever it is. Yeah, I think I agree. And to, to your question, like I, w- I don't think I'd feel like I'd want to use a trade boost on that. That seems like a big waste of the trade boost, basically. I don't think you get enough points. Strategy these these days, mate. Everything's strategy. <laughs> Next on your, gr- your gun list. After right, your list. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about the storm. It's all good. <laughs> I think we're heading towards a Cam Munster discussion, so it almost fits. <laughs> Freudian slip. That's <laughs> no, Freudian slip there. <laughs> Look, I mean, I think everyone knows Munster is a bit of a grub, right? <laughs> let's yeah. let's not dance around it. Um, you know, obviously he's suspended round one too. I think if he wasn't suspended round one, I'd be a lot more higher on him, but because he isn't, and like I, I would prioritize having Grant in for round one and holding him for that game. I just don't think you can carry both. I was looking at it, and you know, maybe if someone was meticulous, you could actually sit down and crunch two teams and try to project their scores over three games or whatever. That's too much effort for me. <laughs> so I think like I'm just happy to wait and see. You know, there's all the off-season narrative. He's off the booze. He's cleaning mm-hmm. up his life. He's a father now. Extra responsibility, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Trying to nail down this. You know, I don't what know is how it that last sport? point is relevant? Speaking <laughs> as a father. Yeah. Look, maybe if your your job was just you know playing footy and you didn't have to, you know, go to go work like 45 hours a week or whatever you do, and then have mm-hmm. to still do everything else. Yeah, different story. Like he works for the government. There's no way he's working yeah, yeah. 45 hours. 35 hours a week. In <laughs> <laughs> a fortnight, yes. Work. Yeah. Um, actually, but, uh, shout out to the mega guide here. Wilf's actually written a, a little uh, powder joke into this. <laughs> I had a little giggle at I won't say it, but buy the mega guide to see Wilf's uh, little Cam Munster joke. Anyway, digress. Back on, <laughs> back on Munster. It's interesting me. I actually was surprised at his average. 74 last season. That's pretty good. I was also beautiful. surprised at how well he's gone. He sort of does it um, quietly, almost. He he's not a huge try scorer. He obviously has a few try assists there and thereabouts, but seems to go about it. Just racks up stats, you know, almost indiscriminately. That's the thing, right? He's so good for Super Coach. Like everything, you know, he's one of those guys where everything he does it tracks points, and he could be doing nothing, and you'll find him sitting on fifty in the 60th minute and then, you know, one or two junk attacking stats and he's sitting on 70, 80, 90 points. And, you know, that's how he gets to his 74 average. So it's just, yeah, it comes back to, you know, he had a pretty rubbish season on the field last year. Like all things considered, he wasn't playing very well, yet still hit his highest super coach average in his career. And maybe that's just a byproduct of the insane scoring in 2021. But 
I just think if he's actually got his life together and he's, you know, genuinely pushing for this final contract, he could, you know, maybe finally realize the super coach potential. I yeah, just happy to wait and see. I agree. Uh, Harv's partner, Jerome Hughes. We talked about Harry Grant and Damien Cook, the gap there. What do you see the gap between a Jerome Hughes and Nathan Cleary, who's, you know, two, $300,000 higher than I thought? Um, I don't know. I've been, been eyeing Hughes off a little bit in the offseason here for that halfback spot, trying to save a bit of money. Uh, what's your read on him? Yeah, I think of these ones, I was actually a little bit, unsure if I wanted to call Hughes a gun again just for this season. And I think it's because I'm always very hesitant with guys coming off career years to trust that they'll be able to back it up when they've never really done it in the past. Having said that, you know, Hughes actually has gotten so much better as a player. So it's not just, you know, fluky superhero scores. He's actually really good at football right now. Uh, Having said that, you know, there are some question marks for the storm in terms of their forward pack and you wonder does that potentially affect his uh, you know ability to rack up big scores do the storm regress a little bit in their scoring and yeah so i think there's still going to be a decent gap there uh, i've still given him a c rating so i'm not super high on him and i think part of that's the price tag part of that's the unknown about whether he can back it up so you know, I don't mind him if you really want to take that risk. And like, the problem for me is like, I'm going to have Grant, I'm going to have Pappenhaus, and like, I just don't see myself being able to carry that many Storm players when they do have some question marks over, you know, whether they can still score as well, super coach wise, when the forward pack does have some question marks on it. Anyone else in the gun list uh, moving on from Hughes? No, I don't think for the guns for the Storm, that's pretty much covered. All right, so sleepers. I mean, they're very top-heavy, uh, I'd say, in terms of Supercoach. But any of the sort of mid-rangers that you may be keeping an eye on? Look, I think we've got to talk about Xavier Coates. Obviously, he's actually super highly owned. I, I didn't realize how popular he was. But, you know, I can certainly understand, you know, he's a, a popular name. He's played Origin, you know, going to the Storm. Bellamy's going to work his magic, all of that type of stuff. The Josh Shadow Carr's wing. Which, yeah, I'm still but, not sure. Is he playing the left wing? Because I thought he might play right. That was but. my take on it. I mean, I'm, I've not gone deep into it, but um, I thought he was aiming for the left side. Um, yeah, well, but, that's why we're hoping to see the trials, right? So we can see which right. side he actually plays. Um, but yeah, like if he's if he's left wing, he's definitely more appealing because you know both Munster, obviously Munster's on the left side, and Pappenhausen, I think he sweeps better to the left. So I definitely see that as appealing if he's there. But yeah, 34.2% is just crazy ownership because he is he's not a worker, eh? Mm. <laughs> like I just don't think people would be wanting to buy Josh Adokar like at that price tag, you know, not 34% of Supercoach. Like some people will take the pod risk on him, but like that's a lot of people signing up for Xavier Coates when he can deliver, you know, single digit scores because he does nothing. And you know, he does his he takes like five hit-ups coming out of his own end. That's about it. Yeah, I will admit he's in my side currently um, only because of the potential role on the left. But I'm he's not a guy I would be confident playing on every matchup. If they come up with a bit against a bit of a staunch defense you know, early on, I don't know what their um, early run looks like but he's he's kind of a guy that you might pick and choose when to play and at and at almost 400k you can't afford to be doing that with someone 
360k, sorry, you, you can't afford to be sitting a guy wasting that much money on your bench, I don't think. So he's, he's, to me, he's getting less and less appealing. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I get the appeal. He's not in my team either at the moment. Like you, you talk about the start, I mean, Tigers ground one, but missing half the team. And then Rabbitohs, Eels, so pretty rough matchups in the second two rounds. But then after that, I mean, Bulldogs, Raiders, Sharks, Warriors, Knights, Dragons. Before round 10, they hit the Panthers at Magic Round. So that's going to be a cracking game there. But yeah, like that run is just so good after that. So, you know, I'm I'm almost thinking like I'll happily watch for him to play the first three rounds. And if he's looking, you know, dangerous, he's got the left wing, maybe he's one of my round four, round five trades. A couple of guys, uh, as we skip through the rest of the storm, that you've got cows next to uh, Josh King, front rower, 256K, and also Tepai Moiroa making his return to the NRL. Uh, thoughts on those guys? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, you know, there's not that many cheap front row forward options that seem like you can bank on, you know, getting minutes. Josh King's always been a bit of a plotter and... We've not really seen much from him. And, and even at the Knights in what you'd say would be a fairly, you know, mediocre, I mean, sorry, mediocre is probably a bit rough. Sorry, Lakey. But- no, 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 it's okay. So our, our forwards, it's funny as you say it, that's probably our strength really. But um, <laughs> he got buried behind your Clemmers and Safidis of um, of the Knights pack, came off the bench a fair, a fair few times and only played bit parts because those guys were big minute yeah. guys um in the engine room and then i think it was know, more for me like he couldn't beat out some of the guys like basami solo and and you know not exactly household names yeah and you know he was competing with those types and, and still not getting more than 20 minutes but you know bellamy's been chatting him up chatting him up talking him up yeah, well you never know <laughs> hopefully not chatting him up but yeah he's been talking him up in the preseason you know talking about how good he's been since he's come to the club so you know, it sounds like Bellamy likes him, which means he might get some minutes. There was obviously minutes on offer with Finucane heading off and Kamikamitha in trouble right now legally. We don't know when he'll be back. At least Big Nelson's got his vaccination status sorted apparently. I don't know if he's got an exemption or not, but it seems like he's going to play. So mm. that clears up something. But, yeah, there's minutes on offer. He might get 35, 40 minutes and, you know, he'll make some cash. He'll be one of those slow burn options. The other option is just, yeah, Maroa. He's a little bit cheaper, same, pretty much competing for the same role, I think, that Josh King is. So I think one of them probably would be worth taking a punt on. Just kind of will depend what that bench looks like. And it's going to be rough because round one, you just won't know. That's the tough thing I've got because they've got so many players out and it's just round one to round two, it's just going to be like two different teams practically. I guess that's going to be gross. The benefit we have, the players that they have out are key position players. So it's not like they're missing a whole bunch of forwards who will come back in and muddy the waters. Yes, Brennan Smith will come back in, probably play lock and make it a little bit worse than that. But, I mean, they're not going to um, bring Munster in and, and Josh King will lose his spot because Munster's back all of a sudden, I guess is what I'm saying. is So, um, personally, I don't think you can get too excited about Josh King. I wouldn't be starting with him. He's a very... Uh, I guess you could say boring footballer. He just goes out and does his job. Um, he's a very Bellamy type forward, I suppose. Yep. Get out there and, and tuck it under the wing and run it up and make your tackles and stuff like that. So he's not going to be doing yeah. too much for Supercoach. 
The only the only reason I even looked at him was because in round twenty five last year he played fifty two minutes, scored fifty. So you know he can mm. obviously put up some scores there. So yeah, look, I, I'm, I tend to agree. I'm not exactly getting excited, and maybe this will be a chance to watch him in the trials, and maybe he looks a better player because Bellamy's worked his magic already. Who knows? He's chatting him up, and he's working his magic <laughs> around the, the trading paddock. It's all happening in Stormland. Any final words, Lakey Storm? Burning questions? No, I do. I wanted to get your take on William Warbrick. I know he's another highly owned player only because he's super cheap, um, but apparently, you know, Olympic silver medalist, I believe, in the Rugby Sevens, um, an absolute flyer. What's his chances of featuring at all this year? I don't, like, my research that I've done anyway, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near the top 17, yeah. basically. They're going to give him some time to settle in, I think. I think that's what I was wanting to hear because, you know, so many people do have him in their side based on name alone. I just want to just make sure that everyone's aware that he he probably just is a depth signing more so than anything else. I, I just wonder, sometimes maybe these people just go, oh, that's a funny name. He's bottom dollar. I'll just shove that in my team for yeah. now. Uh, I did want to talk about Jack Howarth, actually, because, like, this kid is just, he's going to be so good. Like, he could probably be starting on the edge next year when, you know, Felice Kafusi, Kenneth Bromwich, they're all gone to the Dolphins. Um, Howarth, <laughs> you know, he hasn't debuted yet. He's, you know, bottom dollar, but he's just signed a five-year deal with the Storm. And wow. it's like $2.5 million. So, like, the Storm don't do that ever. Yeah, so, this kid is that highly rated. That's paying house money, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. And oh, it, it says that in your right up. Yeah, touche. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think it's a Paynehouse type contract. Yeah, I remember writing that because, yeah. yeah, obviously Paynehouse is very dear to my heart. Um, yeah, look. That's insane I, I money for a guy that hasn't even played a, a minute of NRL football yet. So he's obviously very highly rated. Yeah, and it's interesting because they've got him actually listed in their depth squad as a centre. So I don't know if he's actually, you know, first drop in the centres and you also might play off the bench. Uh, as an edge back roller, he's got to be an edge back roller, hundred percent. But yeah, he's nineteen. Like the kid is a monster. Like no, no nineteen year old should be one hundred ninety three centimeters and one hundred five kilos. Just it's just not fair. <laughs> he's still growing. So yeah, just all the skills and and yeah, like just super highly rated. Uh, I think I'm trying not to. You know, JT, you said before about the nuffs. Like I'm trying not to do any nuffs in my team if I can from round one because you just want to make as much cash as you can. But if I have to, I'm actually going to roll the dice and put Howarth in because I, I feel like he's going to be like Bronson Cherry and Jack Bird a couple Oof. of seasons ago where they just play first grade sooner rather than later because you know they're going to debut at some point that season. A lot of people, a lot of super coaches went with that route and they ended up having, you know, they didn't have to trade him in later basically. So... It's not my ideal strategy, but if I need to and I, I want to fit in a Cleary or whatever, and that's how the only way I can get it happening, then, yeah, that, that might be something, something that I do. Bronson Sherry, there's a name I haven't heard for a while. Let's <laughs> have to play some other random song. Uh, Will, for nearly at the hour 30 mark, we're on to your final side, uh, the Sydney Roosters. So big year for them. Uh, let's, let's just launch straight into it. So we talked about the other fullback in the pairing that everyone's got. Uh, who would that be and why is he a gun? <laughs> Do we really have to? Like, everyone knows Teddy, <laughs> James who? Tedesco. 
Joseph yeah. Suwali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, don't, we don't really need to talk up Teddy too much, right? Everyone knows how good he is. And, like, with the Roosters, you know, they've got so many players back. I mean, I've picked them to win the minor premiership, so plenty of points, plenty of wins. Teddy's going to be in the thick of all of it. Yeah, just easy pick, easy pick. Okay, uh, let's move on from him then. Uh, next on your gun list, if any. Yeah, next on the gun list is obviously Angus Crichton. I think he's the out and out, you know, probably the second best back rower in the in in Super Coach. That is, I mean, arguably he's probably one of the best back rowers, if Behind not the best. Lolo, is that what you? Lockie <laughs> Fitz, Lockie Fitz, I think. Lockie Man, Fitz. That's really denigrating to the poor or young fellow in contract here. Yeah, let's let's not talk about David Fafita. I'm sure you can say that. You can gush <laughs> about David Fafita and some other part. Yeah, Angus Crichton, I mean, he's just so so consistent and you know, he's gonna get his attack this year. Like when, when the team's back, running off Q, running off Sam Walker, he's gonna get put over for a bunch of tries. I'd love to start with him and I, the only reason I can't is because I'm starting with David Feeder instead. So Yeah. So he plays left edge predominantly, if I remember correctly, and that is Kiri's side. Is that right? Kiri played right edge last so year. He right. Oh, so yeah. close, Lakey. Oh, I have vivid memories of him running up the left side, and that's where he did his knee on the left edge of the field. Um, again, I could yeah, be mistaken. I, there, I think that's the thing with Kiri. That's that he'll play both sides. Yeah. And so. I'm sure with Sam Walker, he can also play both sides. Um, yeah, I just think they're going to swap around, and it really don't matter. It won't matter. Like they're both such classy. You know, obviously Kiri's much more experienced, but you know Sam Walker's breaking out. Like a lot of people are predicting a huge season from him this year. So I think Angus Crichton's going to be on the end of a lot of, a lot of that. You've neighbor, uh, you got a, something in here that annoyed me about him last year was his judiciary record. So I think we lost him was at the back end of the year, uh, mm-hmm. late when we all run out of trades. Uh, wasn't favorably handled by the judiciary, but he has got that lingering over him. Does this, um, guys like him and maybe Matt Lodge, Jack Hetherington, <laughs> if you were going to pick him, do they, does this Quality really have company, a bearing really. on them? Does it, like, does it give you pause? You've obviously considered it enough here to write about it, but for Supercoach, do you just, is it one of those things, it's a risk that you just take? I think certain players who have that upside, you just cop it, you just cop it. Um, you know, if he was a bit of a more of a plotter, like just a say 50, 60 point guy, like you'll find another one like that. There's not many Angus Crichtons in the game who have his upside head and his floor. So, yeah, I think you just run with it, cop the, cop the risk. Maybe if you're flip flopping between, you know, David Fafita and Angus Crichton, then that might help you lean towards Fafita. But you got to come up with a bit, fair bit more coin to be able to do that. So, yeah, there's not many people around that eight price bracket that I would take ahead of Angus Crichton, basically. How do you see Luke Kearys? We talked about him being of benefit to the guys around him, but how do you see him uh, coming back from injury and fitting into this side? So, did you see him basically hitting the ground running? They do have an, a good early draw from memory. It's a tough one, hey. I think Kiri's going to be one of those most really divisive players in Supercoach just because, you know, there's so many arguments for, right? He was breaking out last year when, you know, they said this was his team now and he took took charge like he was in the thick of everything and then he went down. And the thing with Kiri is, is like he relies so much on his acceleration, like the speed off his mark and then, 
you know, like that's potentially impacted with the ACL. So I think we really want to see him trial and see how he looks because, you know, he is coming back from a significant injury, all the stats and, and, you know, all of it points to he probably will start slower. But it's just, you know, maybe even if he starts slower, he's still value because he's discounted on his price. He averaged 75, um, you know, before he went down injured. He's priced at, I think, around a 60-ish average. So there's a lot of, you know, wiggle room there. It's it's a huge question mark. I think it just comes down to do you trust, you know, Kiri, even if he's only playing 80% effectiveness, that could still translate to an 80 average because the Roosters is that damn good, you know. If mm. he's just getting the ball and, and Angus Crichton scoring the try for him, like maybe he doesn't score the try. Maybe he's not doing his support play the way he used to because he can't keep up straight away. You know, that'll knock some points off him, but he could still definitely be value. So, yeah, it's a tough one for sure. Uh, I, I I was really bullish at the start, but, you know, the more I read, the more I hear about, you know, if he's maybe coming back quite slowly, kind of leaning towards maybe I'll just wait, wait and see instead and find someone else. Okay. There's quite a few names in this side that are of some super coach interest, but I don't know, it's just a bit hard to pick them. I might uh, rattle a few off at you. Um, Lindsay Collins, let's start with him, uh, the front row there. A lot of people seeing big stuff coming out of him. You've got him as a, a watch here, uh, C rated. Um, is he, is someone that you'd consider starting with or is he a wait and see? I think he's a wait and see just because, again, he's coming off an ACL and he's not going to depend on, you know, the explosive speed off the mark the way that Akiri does. So I think it's not going to really impact him, but, there's just the chance that Trent Robinson will hold back his minutes and ease him in and, and you know, see him grow into the season. So maybe he's a, a better option later in the year, which is why I'm just going to wait and see. But before he went down injured, he was really having a great breakout season for the Roosters. Like, he was stepping up as their number one prop and then playing like it. So, yeah, I just think if he hits that potential again, you know, he could be sitting at a 60-65 average. And if he's still priced, you know, quite favorably it could be a cut cut price option for you definitely due a bit of luck joey manu uh this is center joey manu to start the season with teddy there 540k got him as a sleeper um is is he gonna turn the corner at center you know he's never really a great nrl player one of those guys that just doesn't translate to supercoach for whatever reason when he's there is there much to like about him this year yeah, I think that the thing with what we saw last year was even when he was playing centre, his role was different. And part of that was out of necessity because they needed someone else who can support and, and you know, give them another attacking option. So what happened last year was Teddy was often playing first receiver, whereas obviously you've got Kiri and Sam Walker do the, to do that now. Uh, so Teddy was at first receiver and Joey Manu was often playing as the second fullback sweeping around. And that's where he was getting a lot of his points. But even when he didn't score, obviously he's touching the ball a lot more. He's been he was given a license to roam. And I just kind of think like even at center, he was averaging, you know, really well, like well above is what he's priced at. And even his base and base attack, he was just because he was touching the ball so much. And every time he gets the ball, like he just scores points. So it's a bit of a risky one because you don't know how he's going to be used. I tend to think, yeah, he's still going to be more involved. He's going to get the chance to roam now and then but he won't be anywhere near as what he was last year. And you kind of just count you on the fact that, well, high involvement, still a pretty decent price, be a massive pod, and with the Roosters' early draw, could go on a real run. So he won't be in my team, but I can certainly understand the appeal. Other centre, Paul Momorowski, 
could be in line for a starting spot. Uh, he's a winger killer, but uh, much value there. He's slightly cheaper at 486k, but you've got him rated higher at a B. Why is that? Because if he's there, he's expected to be the goal kicker. That's the real, real thing. And obviously, if the Roosters go as well as we expect, you know, he might score one or two tries, but the main thing is he'll probably convert a heap. And, you know, we've seen him be really good for Supercoach in the past because, as, you know, we've we've highlighted, he doesn't pass. And, you know, all the guys who don't pass, just they they, they benefit from all the points, basically. Uh, so, yeah, like with the early draw, there's just so many things to, to go in his favour. Uh, the only downside I, I, I have is that, you know, there's rumours that, you know, apparently Billy Smith has been told that he will be the left centre once he's fit and firing and ready to go. So, you know, he's Billy Smith is apparently returning from injury and he's not too far off as well, but there's a chance that he might just come back in reserve grade and play, you know, maybe he's got to prove himself, not get injured for four or five weeks, and then maybe he comes in instead of Momorowski or whatever. But then if Momorowski's playing really well, like maybe Billy Smith just has to wait mm. for another year or two. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I think if he's there round one, he's a he's a de- he's a genuine option for a lot of people. Very interesting. I didn't even um, really considered him just at that price tag in the centers. But um, uh, good to know you got some wraps on him. Like before, I move on to the next player. Anything else to say? You've been very quiet, and I hear a lot of weird rattling. Are you okay? No, that's not coming from me. I've been trying to f- figure out where that's yeah, from. Sorry, that's that's my dog. He's there. Just you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was blaming Lanky. Yeah, you would too. No, I'm very interested in the the next couple of guys, and I might jump the gun. Go on for you, it, Jaza. But um, the, the Kevin Naguama, uh, Billy Smith, Joseph Suwali battle um, for what's looking like the final centre wing spot at the Roosters. Um, obviously, three doesn't fit into one, but who do we see lining up there come round one? I know you've got in in the guide, and we've got Suwali as an A. Uh, dependent on the the team selection, um, but the other guy's a little bit lower than that. But it looks like he may not front. Yeah, it's it's a massive question mark there. So again, much like what was said about Billy Smith, like Suwali's been told, you know, right wing is his, and he just needs to be fit basically. So he's returning from a Liz Frank injury, which is pretty like it's a tough injury to return from because, you know, it's all those tiny bones in the foot and all that type of stuff. You know, I'm sure NRF physio can explain it much more eloquently than me. (laughs) But uh, I think, yeah, like if he's fit, he'll be there. If he's there, like it's not just them. It's it's the right wing for the Roosters, which scores so many tries. You know, Brett Morris, Matt Ikevalu, it doesn't matter who you are, you're scoring tries basically. So, yeah, whoever gets that spot will be really interesting. The thing that I feel like is a little bit trappish is obviously Kev. If, if Kev Nagama starts there um, for round one because Suwali's not ready, and if Suwali's say ready by round two or round three, I, I get the feeling that means Suwali comes straight in. Just like I kind of feel like Nagama's just replaced Ikavalu. You know, he is a, a good winger, but he's depth. You don't want him to be your starting winger in any game, basically, if you can avoid it. But if your if your first choice guys are injured, then you you shove him in. And Ikavali did a job for them. He obviously went off and you know got paid money at the Sharks to to probably have a more prominent role. He Maybe he won't, but yeah. I just think with that that whole setup there, I feel like Nagama is going to be a bit of a trap if Suwali is going to be ready early in the season. That's my gut feel. 
Yeah, no, 100% agree. Um, I'm obviously a big Nakwama fan. He's a Knights legend from back in the day. But um, it's just not... I mean, there are better options at that price range. Even if he is named round one and, and sees a couple of minutes, I think there are better options. But you just can't trust his job security. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, and as I said, I've heard the same things you have. Suwali's going to be there on the wing and Smith has, has got a center spot locked up. So this whole back line, you know, you've got your Teddy, Manu and um, Dan Tupo who have locked in spots, but the rest seem to be up for grabs at the at the minute. And what whether we can trust these rumors of these guys having locked up spots or not, um, that's not for me to say, obviously. I just don't, you just don't know where it's going to land. I'm a lot more confident about the right wing. Like, you know, you've got this super hyped, you know, hype machine that was Joseph Suwali. You know, how much, how many stories have you read about him last year? Well, yeah, true. And they went through all the the effort to get the exemptions from him, for him and whatnot. But even then they played him off the, the bench in some games to, to bring him yeah. on. So, I mean, how I much are they going to try and manage him? You know, he's still yeah, young. I mean, part of that... Part of that was because he was finishing high school last year. <laughs> you know, I think that's so, that so depressing. Yeah, it's ridiculous, right? This kid's finishing. He's doing his HSC, playing first grade football at the same time. So, you know, he's graduated now. Like, this is his officially his full-time job. Like, yeah, I, I just think the Roosters have put so much into him. They went through all the, the effort of not just getting exemptions, but to get him on the team in the first place. They had to fight the Rabbitohs for him, right? So, yep. Yeah, I just think he's going to be given that spot. So, yeah, uh, much more confident so I'll be given that right wing spot eventually, whether it's from round one or not. I just think, yeah, just I wouldn't fall for the Nagama trap. I want to talk, talk about high school here and Corey how do we know and all that. It's an interesting <laughs> podcast. Uh, finishing on one uh, player that you've got the thumbs down on the avoid, Connor Watson, uh Coming from the Knights, unlucky Lakey, but he finds himself back at the Roosters. Uh, 516k second row and hooker duality. Uh, why is he in a void? Because he's a turncoat. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of traps, um, yeah, Sam Verrills is out round one. So Connor Watson probably named at nine to play hooker for round one is my guess. So you might look at him. He's starting. He's going to play hooker. He's gone really well in the past there. But I just think that he signed to play that you know, that 14 role, you know, utility plus probably spends, you know, 20, 30 minutes in the middle like he kind of did for the Knights. But, you know, at the Knights, he was a starting caliber player, not at the Roosters, unfortunately. A lot of chefs in that kitchen. All right. I think we wrap it up there. It's been a very long pod. It's good to be back. Uh, I haven't had one of these for quite a while. But, uh, Wilfred, we started with the best, the cream of the crop. You're only going to get uh, slightly worse from here. We got <laughs> me and Lakey to go through. We'll get Stilesy on board. That's uh, all going to happen here with the Mega Guide. The release, it's uh, been launched last week, but as Lakey said, we will be updating it weekly as we go through the trials. A fair bit to get through. There's always a million and one injuries, suspensions, and team news that keep us on our toes. So you will be updated. Head to, along to our website to get the details. And before you go, Lakey, you've got your hand in the air. I'll let you go. No, you're right. I just wanted to jump in as we're wrapping up um, and uh, say thank yous to everyone who has already come out and bought the Mega Guide. We've um, we've we've got through 
what did we say? We're over 200 sales now in just under a week. It's been um, very successful on our part and we're thanking everybody for the support. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to a couple of affiliate podcasts who have gone out of their way to uh, support us and promote the Mega Guide and that's the Super Coach Tragics. Um, BJM Game Day, which honestly, it sounds like a great idea. Um, <laughs> and the Supercoach War Room, they're a fairly new bunch of guys, but they know their stuff. I, I definitely recommend getting around and having a listen. Um, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I've, I've been a bit blingy this afternoon. I got a present oh. in the mail. Uh, the supercoachchampion.com rings um, are back. The boys have sent me a, a ring. Um, we're going to be getting that out in some sort of competition at some stage. We've got to come up and decide what that's going to be. But we've got a ring here to um, get out to someone as a, a thank you for supporting the site and everything we go about. So big shout out to those guys and uh, highly recommend getting on and having a look at supercoachchampion.com for any uh, premiership supercoach rings. They're fantastic. I don't actually want to give it away. I want to keep it. I was going to say it looks great, but uh, does the value dip a bit if you've already worn it no, i feel no, like no. the whole i don't know i don't know what that does to it but maybe it'll make the punters uh that's right to enter so no nah, it looks very good thank you again to sc rings and thank you to wilfred i uh, appreciate your time on the pod mate i know you're a very busy man you're much loved in the community so i'm sure we're not the only podcast you'll be spending time on but look forward to listening to you uh, actually who have you got this year on the champions pod what's the roster looking like so i mean uh how, what's the roster like? That's an interesting question. Any guns? Like, anyone we should avoid? I noticed <laughs> we've never been given the invite. They're just going to throw. Wonder why? Yeah, might be in the name. Yeah. Well, I just figured you guys are busy enough already, so you know I don't want to take people away from other podcasts generally. Yeah, no. Um, but look, it's you know, excuse. obviously, twenty twenty one winner Tim Moody. He's been you know a really popular addition. Um, he's obviously got his own. Um, thing going on with the Supercoach experience. So certainly we're not getting in the way of that. Like we're, we're fully behind them and obviously Tim was doing that, but Tim's really, you know, he's very, very generous with his time and he loves coming on and having a chat. And I love, and you know, I love to hear from him, you know, just he's obviously the one Supercoach who had, you know, the best understanding of the 2021 season. And he's got a lot of interesting ideas for 2022. So he's been a great addition there. Um, Bear, the 2018 winner, he has stepped back a little bit. He's still going to be around thereabouts, but, I mean, he's just pumping out kids for fun. So <laughs> the guy is just absolutely busy. Like, he's a gun for punishment, just keeps going. He's a machine. But, yeah, he'll be in, in and out a bit, but, yeah. <laughs> Willie now. How many more kids does he want? <laughs> <laughs> told you, he's a machine pumping those kids out. There we go. Uh, and, and then, you know, we still had, we've had 2020 winner Joe Nadav come on every now and then. He's probably more for the preseason. Uh, he's, you know, being in Sydney, he's got a lot of things going on for the Daily Telegraph down south. He's on the countdown show, so you can catch him there. And, yeah, I mean, we, we're trying to catch up with as many pre past winners as possible. Yeah, and, I, and you know, I wanted to ask people. you about that. You're obviously called Supercoach Champions. Um, you've got yourself and you get, you know, Banyo Boy, Sam Rolf on the podcast and it was interesting to have a chat. How did Fitzy score a role? The photographer, Joe Fitz. Yeah, yeah look, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was a bit of a change from branding, but I, I figured at some point when you, if you brand yourself Supercoach Champions and you can only find champions or former champions, you really limit yourself. And, you know, with... What happened in like basically with B 
bear. Like he was just like, oh, I'm going to be busy because I'm having a kid and I want to be around. So yeah, I might not be able to podcast from like April onwards. I'm just like, well, I better find someone who can jo- join me. And, and obviously I, um, obviously knew Joe from many, many dealings. Uh, part of it from the Supercoach Talk website. He's obviously an old hand and being a very regular person on this same podcast for a long time. So, yeah, I asked him for a favor and he came on and he's just, um, you know, hiding in our shadows and, and taking advantage of the fact that he hasn't won, but he still managed to get a role. And just Mary fetching your drinks and... Get, get Mary <laughs> Kay on the blower. She's yeah. on, what, Ladies Who League or whatever? Yeah, she's she apparently can... not played Supercoach for a number of years now, so Including the year she won. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Anyhow, allegations. Take, yeah. All right. Hour 42, lucky it's pre-season. We've got plenty of time to listen through. Wilfred, thank you. Lakey, thank you very much, champion. Always a pleasure. Now, get amongst it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always Always fun. Catch you guys on next time. We have to listen to the whole thing, Will. Every week. Every week. Lucky JT dances. Well, it's optional. Then you put the shirt back on, please. Headphones have come off. That's what they call.